This Amazon selling superstar has been the inspiration for hundreds of sellers out there. Now, it's been a year since we last spoke to her, so she's joined us to catch us up on all she's been doing, from diversifying her income to traveling around the world and even building schools in Africa. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And I'm very happy to invite back to the show a serious seller we had on, it's been about a year and a half ago almost, uh, Tatiana James. Tatiana, how's it going? Oh, it's doing really well. Thank you, Bradley, so much for having me on. I'm excited. I always love chatting with you, but it's been a while since we've had a talk, so this will be really fun. Yes, it will be. it's going to be great to catch up. And speaking of catching up, I know we have a lot of new listeners on the show, so if this is the first time you've heard about Tatiana, make sure to go back and check out her episode on the uh, podcast. It was actually episode 31. You can just go to helium10.com forward slash podcast and search for Tatiana and you could probably see that episode 31 and and you can get you know all of her history. And just, just for those of you who maybe already listened to that episode but forgot about it, you know, Tatiana was, if I recall correctly, was 20, 21 year old university student at the at the time when she first heard about Amazon and she was a restaurant server and then started off with just two, three hundred dollars you know, selling and she was able to scale that up. And she actually started even before she was selling products. Uh, tell them real quick, what other aspect of Amazon did you start selling before even the products? Yeah. So I first started with uh, publishing books on Amazon. So the Kindle publishing, that was my mm -hmm. introduction to Amazon and online business in general. And um, so I published like a bunch of uh, dog training books because I had a little puppy at the time and it was a subject that really interested me. And so I learned how to kind of navigate the Amazon platform a little bit. And then from there, I kind of upgraded to um, selling products on Amazon. Yes. Yes. And that we, we talk a lot about that strategy because you know you you eventually got it to a place where you're doing a, a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars not a year but a month overall and really blew up especially remember in the, that episode you gave us some great tips about youtube marketing and and you are definitely one to talk about that as you have between your channels hundreds of thousands of, of followers and it was really interesting to see how you leveraged social media to help with your business but in today's episode I wanted to do something different. You know, this is like, I don't know what episode this is, uh, how many we've been through by now. It's like 170 or so, but we, we mainly talk about the, the journey to success and, and strategies on being successful on Amazon. Now, now today I want to do something different and, and talk about, hey, once you are successful on Amazon, well, what are the next steps? You know, like where, where do you go from there? I, I don't think enough people are, are talking about that. And it's important to have goals, uh, in my opinion, and for people to be able to visualize how they want their life to turn up. So real briefly, like if I'm not mistaken, like even when we were talking last time, you were you were moving a lot of your sales to Shopify as opposed to Amazon, right? 
Yeah, that's correct. So I started the business originally on Amazon, which because there's a huge opportunity there, you get to leverage all of Amazon's customer base and their platform. And that was necessary for me because I didn't have an existing brand. I was kind of like a nobody in terms of brands. And uh, so I built my brand on Amazon and built it up to a certain point. And then um, I decided to uh, open up my own website and my own Shopify store and sell there. And the reason being primarily because I just have more control. So on Amazon, you know, it's not your platform, it's Amazon's, they're not your customers, there's Amazon's customers. And rightly so that's, you know, of course, that's understandable. But, um, you know, as I was building a brand, I realized that, um, you know, it's really important for me to just have more of a say in my marketing and my return policy, being able to collect more of the customer's information. And so I started kind of shifting people over to purchasing on my website. And then from there on, uh, my website was my primary vehicle for sales, where about 80% of my sales, uh, maybe a little bit more, eight, maybe a bit more than 80% of my sales were done um, through Shopify. And the remaining were on the on Amazon. And um, I left, I left um, my Amazon listing and everything's still open. I just didn't put really any effort into it. You know, I would restock every mm -hmm. once in a while, but I never really updated a whole lot of things because, you know, I really did want people to purchase on my website um, a lot higher profit margins for sure. Interesting, interesting. And I think that's important for people to understand that, you know, Amazon is great to start. I mean, you've got all the existing traffic already there as long as you're choosing keywords that, that there's traffic for. You don't have to worry about building up uh, a brand, you know, brand recognition, because if you had just tried to start on Shopify, you would have had to do probably 10 X the amount of work just to get people to trust, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. your website. 100%. Right? And, that, and that's the thing. That's why I hesitate when I say that I do the majority of my sales on Shopify, because then people who are listening say, oh, maybe I should just start on Shopify mm -hmm. instead of Amazon. And I would say, no, I think Amazon is the best place to start. I don't think that. Unless you have an existing following, um, if you have a subscriber count, if you have viewers, if you have an email list where you have a, a large number of people that you can um, advertise and market your products to, then fine, Shopify could work. But if you're someone like myself who was building a brand from scratch, didn't have um, any kind of audience, then Amazon provides such a unique opportunity. And really, if I had not started on Amazon, I certainly would not be seeing, you know, having the business that I have today and seeing the numbers that we're doing. So Amazon was necessary. And I, I still continue to encourage people to start an Amazon business because it's, it continues to grow. You know, Amazon is just, <laughs> you know, they're taking over the world, I say, because yeah. they're just growing exponentially. Um, and, and just, uh, you know, providing so many opportunities. And, um, and so I think it's the best platform to start on. But eventually, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. You don't just want to sell on Amazon that creates mm -hmm. more of a risk. And eventually, you can sell on Shopify or other platforms as well. Okay, cool. Now, now, one of the reasons why, uh, as we mentioned, you know, you became so big was was because you you basically for your niche became kind of a a, a, a the go to influencer, your your own influencer for your own product. And, and we had talked about last year that you were trying to you know not completely step away, but but you know maybe try and feature more you know different people instead of you popping up on every single video. How, how did that work out? Were you able to to step away a little bit and, and feature other people? And and was that hard to do? Or can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I d I had decided to kind of. Um be the face of my brand. That was a personal choice. And by no means do, do you have to do that in order to have a successful business. I would say most people don't. 
Um, but I just did that because it was a product that I was already using and it was a product that I knew how to market really well. And so, um, and I also wanted to save on marketing expenses and I thought, oh, well, if I use myself, then I don't have to hire someone. So, um, yeah, so I was, uh, creating all of the YouTube content. If you, you know, the, all, every video on the YouTube channel was about with me in it. And I just kind of realized that in some ways now I'm becoming the bottleneck of my own business because now the business is very dependent on me. And, um, you know, when you're building a business, you always want to have an exit strategy and you always want to think about, mm -hmm. you know, even if you, if it's your passion and you never would sell your business, you still want to build it in a way that it can become sellable in the event that you change your mind and, and want to do so. And, um, I just realized that, you know, the, the, the business is quite dependent on me. And so I wanted to kind of test and see what would happen if I started to bring on other influencers or other customers um, onto the channel, um, creating content with them. And so now um, I would say the, the majority of the content, almost all of the content does not include me. Sometimes I post a video every now and then um, just to kind of pop up and share something new, but um, it worked really well and, and people didn't seem to mind. They were happy to see some new faces, especially since, you know, the products that I sell, they're products that people, that women wear and, uh, you know, women, we, we divert, we're so diverse in our body types. And so when every day that people are just seeing videos of me wearing the products, it's just one body type. And so I wanted to have um, more diversity on the channel. And so that's worked out really well, actually. Excellent. Excellent. Good, good to hear. Now, what, what, what would you say, though, to people who I think uh, the great majority of us are like that, you know, like if we, if we have built a brand and, and we're the face, but like, you know, sometimes you feel like, oh man, I'm the only person who's going to be able to do this. Like how, how do you convince them like to, to like, Hey, you, you can take a step away and and it's actually going to help you and not, not hurt you. <laughs> well, I think that's, that's a funny challenge. I think a lot of entrepreneurs face is that we think that we're the best at doing something and that if we're not the ones doing it, that it's not going to be done well. And, um, that kind of perfectionist mentality. And, uh, it's, it's just, you know, releasing control and not trying to be in control of everything. And, um, just, you got to test things out. That's how this business works. Like you really got to test things. You got to split test. You got to see what works, see what doesn't work. And sometimes you don't know until you try. And so that's what happened with myself with the channel. You know, it was, it was a bit of a risk, you know, removing myself and, and seeing what happens, but at the same time, how will I know what, how the audience reacts until I try it? So um, yeah, you just gotta, gotta release control and just realize that yes, at, you know, to some extent, if you're the business owner, you're going to be putting in, uh, more attention and effort than maybe perhaps an employee. And that's perfectly natural, but mm -hmm. it, it doesn't necessarily matter. You know, it, it can be a huge advantage to have other people contributing a, a, a diversity of ideas, a different perspective. You know, everyone offers something else, something different to the table. And so, um, I think it's just important to not um, always be controlling everything because then it's also going to drive you crazy and you're not going to have the time to run every aspect of your business. You have to hire people to help you with different things. And a lot of times when you hire someone who's a specialist in one area, say, for example, copywriting, um, yeah, sure, you can write your own emails and your own copy. But if you hire someone who that's what they do all day, every day, they're going to do a better job at it than you. And so it's just yeah. realizing that and being humble enough to, to understand that. Okay. One thing that you, uh, you know, it seems like you've definitely ramped up in the past year. And I think that, you know, this is more of like what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode about kind of like next steps, you know, is, is 
I, I've seen that you've really grown your your business YouTube as far as like when I saw or, or e-commerce, I, I guess I should say not your product, you know, based YouTube channel, but but where you talk about e-commerce strategy and app selling on Amazon and things. I mean, I think you're up to over 160,000 subscribers on there. So was that a conscious effort to, to kind of like focus more on that in the in the past year and, and build that aspect of your of your portfolio, I guess you can say? Originally, I started that channel because I was um, I had done an interview with uh, my my boyfriend at the time, Stefan, uh, and he interviewed me and in, in, on how um, I make forty thousand dollars a month on Amazon in revenue, and that mm -hmm. went viral. So that got like I don't know four or five million views, and I started getting so many messages on social media asking questions about how to get started, wanting some help. And I was a bit overwhelmed by that. And so I decided to start the YouTube channel as a way to reach more people. So instead of answering each person individually, where you know most people have oftentimes the same questions, I could take those questions and answer them in video format where I have the potential to reach you know, hundreds or thousands of people. And so that's how that channel originated. Um, it was never something that I started as a business opportunity. It was just something that I started as a way to be to be able to help people and to answer questions, but without having to do it on a one-to-one -one basis because I was just getting so bombarded with questions. And so um, I just I just posted regularly and that's how YouTube works. If you ever start a YouTube channel, you just have to be consistent and make sure you're posting, you know, at least once a week a video and, um, and, and just, you know, know what it is that you're talking about, you know, talk mm -hmm. about a subject that you are quite familiar with and that you have a good understanding about. And so I would just share um, the videos on there and that's grown a lot in the last, um, year, I think just because it's, I've just been very transparent about everything in my business. And, um, I think especially in this industry, uh, you know, selling on Amazon in particular, if you go on YouTube, a lot of people talk about selling on Amazon, but they don't actually show you their business. They don't actually show you their sales figures and behind the scenes and what it takes to run a business. And so there is some sort of lack of transparency to some extent that's what really kind of helped differentiate my channel from others um, because I was sharing those things. And um, so it just kind of grew organically because of that. And also, you know, I just have more stuff that I want to share. Like I love business. I love entrepreneurship and I love creating videos about that because in some ways when I create these videos, it's a way for me to learn something twice. You know, if I have something that I just learned or something that's really benefited me, when I go into this teacher mode where I'm, trying to teach on the subject and trying to um, share certain concepts, I learn it better. Okay. That's really cool. And, and I, I think that it's, it's so important to be able to, to do something that you're passionate about and that, you know, you're not just doing for money, but at the same time, I, I think there's this stigma out there that, that I, I hope that, you know, changes over time that, that people who do make money from advertising or affiliate revenue or things like that, that it's not inherently bad. I mean, to me, it's the ultimate. If you can actually get paid to do something that you would do even without being paid and, and that you just love doing, you know, like, like I was, a, I used to pay to do Zumba fitness, you know, when I was trying to lose weight and then I became an instructor and I would be paid to do it. You know, I, I, I shouldn't have felt guilty for being paid to, to teach people how to do Zumba. <laughs> I, I was helping people, you know? And, totally. and so like, sometimes yeah. I feel like people are, are, are reluctant to, to start YouTube channels or, or things like this, because they're like, Oh no, other people are just going to be criticizing me that I'm only out for the money. It's like, no, there's nothing to be ashamed of that. As long as it comes from a place like you're really trying to help people. I don't know. My philosophy is you shouldn't be, you shouldn't feel ashamed to also be able to make money off of something like that. 
Yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's all about how genuine are you being, you know, for example, you know, my YouTube channel, as I said, it wasn't started as something that I, you know, wasn't a business opportunity for me. I didn't see it that way, but it really has turned into a, a business, you know, it, it, it's a f- affiliate marketing. But the thing is that, you know, I have a million products and services that I could promote to people. I have people emailing me all the time with different opportunities, different things that they want me to share on the channel. And I would say like 98% of the time I turn them down because I'm not using their products and services and I don't know much about them. And I Mm -hmm. actually don't think that they're going to benefit my audience. And so I care more about making sure that anything I do um, become, you know, stand by anything I do promote that it's coming from a very genuine place. And that's how you establish trust with your audience. And you can't take that for granted. Because the moment that you start promoting every everything that um, every opportunity um, people see through that and they see that you're just kind of trying to make money off of them. Yeah. And so for anything that I recommend on my channel, it truly does come from a genuine place um, of, you know what, this is like, you're in this business. This is a tool that has helped me and it could help you. And that doesn't mean that you have to buy it. It's just an option. If you want my recommendation, this is what it is. And, and I'm not also, I think it's just like, I'm not attached to the, to, you know, I'm not forcing anyone to buy from my affiliate link or I'm not desperate for them to click on it. Um, it's just like, it's there. If you want to, if you want to click on it and I get a commission from that, that's great. If not, no problem. Um, and I don't feel bad about it at all because, um, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever received a complaint from anyone who's clicked on an affiliate link and then said that they didn't enjoy their purchase or my recommendation. For the most part, people are genuinely grateful that they have people out there who can give them these recommendations because, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, for myself, I've, I've been through so many different tools and softwares and um, courses and so many different things um, that I've had to go through in order to land on the few, on the handful of of resources that I definitely enjoy most and benefit from. And so then I just recommend and share those. And every now and then there's a new product or service that I think, you know, maybe I haven't used it before. And but I, I think that yeah, this could be something really cool that people might enjoy. And then I might, um, I might promote it, and I will be open and transparent about it. And I'll say, I haven't tried this myself. This is just something that I think some of you might enjoy. And so it's just about being open and transparent and, um, and not being forceful and just, um, making sure that you also let people know that you are an affiliate for these programs because you don't want to be shady about it either. Of course. Of course. So, so there, there's two different things that we've, we've talked about already outs, you know, you start with Amazon and that grew into a Shopify business. Now we just talked about another stream of income that, that people can have after they've, you know, quote unquote made it. Uh, I think that that people, you know, who shouldn't just start a YouTube channel from day one necessarily trying to give people advice on what to do with with Amazon strategy or e-commerce if you haven't done it yet, but but you obviously did. What other forms of income kind of grew? Again, you know, you can trace the origin back to the Amazon business, but but have you gotten into real estate at all or or anything else? Uh, so I've gotten into investing. Um, I, I've been. Uh, real estate investing, I'm, I'm not there yet. I'm studying it, but I really like just kind of stock investing because it's so simple. Um, I can liquidate my assets quite easily. Um, I don't have to worry about, um, you know, tenants and all that stuff. Um, although it's important too. In, there's so many different ways that, you know, once you make some money, you want to learn first and foremost how to save it, but then also how to make that money grow so that the money can start working for you. And so I've been, um, you know, 
when I first started the business, I reinvested all of my profits back into the business so that I could grow more. But then at some point, you know, I decided to pay myself and I would have more money in savings. And so then I started to invest money. And um, so I'm a big investor in stocks. That's really powerful because, you know, I sometimes I like to study different people who have, you know, had massive success or, you know, the billionaires in the world. And the way I see it is a lot of them, they, they are entrepreneurs and they run extremely successful businesses, but they're also investors. With all these things that you're doing now, what's the actual workload for you during a week? Like, you know, I know you, you have teams working for you. You don't have to do everything yourself anymore, but you still are involved in a lot of things, you know, the physical product business, your your uh, YouTube channels, you know, you're working on your investments, the, uh, the affiliate side. During a typical week, how many hours are you actually quote unquote working? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's another hard question for me because it, it depends. Like I, for me, the way I operate, and I know this is unusual, but this is how, what works for me is I have, you know, it depends on where I am. If I'm traveling, then I have time off and then maybe I'll work like five hours a week. Um, Mm -hmm. but if I'm not traveling, if I'm in one place, you know, my home base for an extended period of time, maybe three to four months, um, then that's like my work time. And so that's when I'm head down, uh, working every day, all day. Um, and I enjoy doing that. Like I love to work. I love to create, I love what I do. I love, um, to create new things. And, um, so those kind of days I'm working like, you know, 10 hours, 12 hours, but it doesn't feel like that because I'm enjoying what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I'll do that for like three, four months, you know, and not really take many breaks, but then I travel a lot. And so that's like my fun time. And so then I take, um, vacations and I take a lot of time off, but I can do that, um, with ease and without feeling anxious because I've set up my business so that when I do take time off, it's okay. And so, for example, now I'm in Vancouver, Canada. I arrived a few weeks ago and I have my family, my friends here. Prior to this, I was in Panama um, for the last six or I think the last five months. And I was working a lot and I got a lot done. You know, I got more done in the last five months than, you know, I'd usually get done in like a year. And so I'm quite comfortable now to take off a lot of time and um, I'm not, you know, spending many hours in in my business. Maybe I'll check in on things in the morning for an hour and I just have the rest of the day off to, to, you know, spend quality time with my family and friends, which is really important for me. Cool. Cool. Let's talk a little bit about the the traveling and and living in in Panama and things, because these are kind of things that people can have as a a goal, not necessarily exactly what you do, but just to know what's possible out there, you know, once you are, you know, making an income that could, that could sustain this. So like, you know, I, I know I live my, or at least last year, obviously this year, not much because uh, nobody can travel anywhere, but I live my life vicariously through uh, you and Stefan's Instagram (laughs) at times. Can can you talk about before the uh, pandemic, the kind of activities you were able to do? I believe you went to Africa and yeah. And, and other places. Yeah. So we, we love traveling and we knew for the last three years that we wanted to travel a lot and just kind of explore the world. And it was co- really cool because, um, you know, the, the fact that the, the fact that we get to do that is such a huge opportunity, such a huge blessing, um, because we both work, um, you know, from the computer so we can bring our computers anywhere. And, um, so we were able to, work on our business while traveling the world. And so last year, for example, we went to 18 different countries 
Um, as you mentioned, we went to Africa, we went to Kenya and Tanzania, uh, we went to Southeast Asia, um, we went to Europe, we went to, I think actually almost every continent and just really all over and had so many amazing experiences, um, embraced so many different cultures and met so many phenomenal people. And so that was like, that's a big part of our lifestyle and we're really glad to to, to do that. Um, um, but that's, I mean, we did that for the last last few years and now we're kind of tired of traveling. We're ready to just um, kind of settle down and buy a home and be in one place for a good period of time. But we're really glad that we were able to do that. So that's part of kind of the laptop lifestyle, if you will. <laughs> it's what originally attracted me yeah. to this business. It's one of the reasons why I actually started an online business to begin with, because in the very beginning, I was as you mentioned earlier, I was in university and my plan was to work in the Parliament of Canada. And um, mm-hmm. I was really excited to do that. And um, I had never known that, you know, people can work from home uh, from, you know, working online and have online businesses. And so when I discovered that and I realized that, wow, this is going to give me this level of freedom that I would just never be able to experience if I had a regular job, um, that was just really intriguing for me. And so. I, I always have to pinch myself that this is the reality that we're living in and the fact that I have this flexibility where I can just, you know, wake up and if I don't want to work that day, I don't have to, or if I do, then I can. It's just really, really cool. And I always remind myself um, and I'm always really grateful for it. Cool. So like, what what would you say? I mean, because any, anybody can travel, you know, like my I, my family wasn't millionaires and and I wasn't, but, you know, I was still able to go to to other countries at times, but what is like one of the most next level things that you've done? Like an experience that's like, Hey, it's because you know, that you wouldn't have been able to afford otherwise, but it's because of building your Amazon business that you were, that you were able to do it. Oh, um, yeah, I mean, we've, we've done a lot of cool things. Um, you know, Dubai is really amazing. If you've got, if you've got money, <laughs> there's so many fun things you can do there. It's insane. Um, you know, how like next level they are. Um, so, I mean, I remember we went to like this high tea place in Dubai on one of these islands. I forget what it's called, but it was just like the architecture was just unreal. And to be sitting there and, um, it was just like, a next level experience. Um, went to this trip uh, recently last year to Fiji. Um, Tony Robbins, uh, Tony Robbins uh, has a, a resort in Fiji called Namale and it's a really beautiful resort. And um, it's just, the views are stunning. Um, you can do almost anything you want there. They have scuba diving, they've got boating, they've got um, games, they've got so many cool things. Um, the service is fantastic. And, um, and so that was really cool. Um, yeah, I mean, just different things. I, I, I look back sometimes on my photos, like on Instagram, and that's how sometimes I remind myself of all the different experiences that we've had. And certainly like you, you don't need a lot of money to travel, you know, like I know a lot of people you can travel with, um, you can be very frugal. I know Stefan used to backpack across, um, Asia and stay in hostels and you can definitely do it without having a lot of money. Um, but if you, if you do have that extra cash, it can be a lot of fun to just kind of experience some cool things like the fine dining and experience, um, different, amazing, uh, restaurants and things like that. Um, but for the most part, I mean, when we travel, we, we, we were more, we're there more to just enjoy the culture and, 
and um, kind of explore the um, the different uh, different areas. And um, you know, we're into like museums and different things like that as well. Okay, now you know one thing you had talked about last year was living in 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 Panama. So you know, I know you know that there's a lot of high taxes in Canada. A lot of people move to other countries because of that once they start making more money especially if you're if you're like you guys and you're traveling a big portion of the year and not even at home anyways well might as well you know move to Puerto Rico you know some people do what brought you guys to to choose Panama and like just is there a way to to kind of uh estimate how much you've saved uh because of that move yeah um so Originally, like the idea of moving to Panama, we, we hadn't, we didn't have Panama in mind, but we knew that we wanted to travel, as I mentioned, for the last three years. And so we knew that we weren't going to be in Canada for those three years, if, if at all, very, very little, maybe a month or two. And so we were paying, you know, nearly 50% of our income in taxes. So imagine working six months of the year, um, and all of that money goes to the government. Now, I'm not saying that taxes are bad. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to pay my taxes. You know, being here in Canada is a great reminder of, you know, the beautiful roads, the flowers, how clean it is. Um, just there's a lot that taxes provide and I'm very happy to pay them. Um, and I'm not going to um, be upset about them. But the fact that we weren't here and we knew we weren't going to be here for a number of years, we just kind of realized that it doesn't really make sense. Um, and so we landed on Panama because actually Stefan had a company there um, already set up. And um, Panama is a great location in Central America. It's very easy to fly out of um, because it's central. And um, so it was great for all of the travel plans that we had. And then also it's really um, great for us as people who have online businesses, tax-wise, we can save um, a lot of money. And so that's what we decided to do. It was a bit of a, a process, you know, to establish residency there and to, um, you know, no longer be residents of Canada. Um, but it's been great. We, we, we actually really love Panama. It's a beautiful country. It's quite small, but there's a lot of beautiful nature. There's the Panama Canal, which is, um, you know, the history is so cool. And um, there are some beautiful beaches and um, there, it's also quite a business city. So if you go there, if you stay in Panama City, which is where we live, you know, there are a lot of different banks, there are a lot of businesses, a lot of hotels. Um, so it worked really well for us um, with what we do. And, um, and again, we did travel most of the time. So we haven't spent a tremendous amount of time in Panama because we've been traveling a lot. And, um, you know, savings wise, uh, we've saved, yeah, we've saved a lot of money. It's definitely been worth it. It was very expensive to kind of set up everything initially, but it's definitely paid itself off. What about philanthropy or, or charitable, you know, things, uh, you or Stefan, ha have you guys been able to, uh, you know, uh, look, look into any, uh, that I know that's big for a lot of people has selling on Amazon and e-commerce giving you opportunities there as well. I can speak for myself, but also for Stefan, we really care about making sure that we're sharing um, what has been given to us because, um, you know, we, we understand a lot of the luck and a lot of the blessings in our life. The fact that we were both born in North America, the fact that we were born in this day and age, we have opportunities that other people didn't have. So it's not that we're any smarter or better or anything like that. It's just, we've been giving a lot of opportunities. And so we recognize that and we know that people in other parts of the world don't have those same opportunities. So we want to kind of do our part with in how we can contribute. And so 
um, we've been uh, partnered with different charities um, and uh, we've, we've worked hard to kind of help build different schools and houses in, in different countries in uh, South America, but also in Africa. And um, we've built, we've helped build over 15 schools and um, nine houses. And we're currently um, working to support a community where we helped build a school in this community. But right now they need, um, they need books and supplies um, because they're really low on those things. And we went last year to, um, to uh, Kenya and we visited that community and we saw how, yes, they have the infrastructure, they have the school, but they don't have a lot of the supplies that the kids need to really facilitate a great learning environment. So um, we're, tr- we're, we're always fundraising. We always have, you know, if you go to either of our pages, we're always sharing that this is the charity that we support. And if you want to help contribute, then feel free. But we're also able to donate a good portion of our income to, to these charities so we can also um, kind of help move things along a lot faster. So it's been really rewarding. And, um, you know, we know it's, it's not, it's nothing huge, but we were really happy to do it. And when we go and visit these communities and we see the kids and the families and how beautiful they are, they're just such amazing people. And they're, they're so generous. One time we went to um, Ethiopia and um, they, you know, they, they, they know the, the company that we were with and they fully supported us and we w- helped build a school there. And they, there was like this huge party that they put on for us and they, the whole community chipped in to put in money to buy a cow, which is very, very expensive for them. And it's something that they do on very rare occasions. And so they slaughtered a cow and that was a, you know, a form of um, respect and appreciation. And so we all celebrated and had cow. <laughs> and so it's just really amazing to see how generous they are despite having so little. And so, um, yeah, we're really, we're really happy to be able to do a little bit of that. That That's, that's so cool. Me, me personally, I love Ethiopian food. Did you, were you able to have the injera, the bread <laughs> yes. that you kind of like pick yeah. up? Oh, it's so funny. It's so good. Yeah. And they all eat with their hands and you want to make yep. sure that you're eating with the, the right hand. So you're not, you're not eating with the, the hand that you wipe with. <laughs> yep. Yep. All these little things that you have to, that you have to yeah. be careful of now. Now you've already accomplished, you know, a lot, but you know, you're, you're still, you're still young under, under, under 30. Now, what's what's like the next five or ten years, you know, looking like for Tatiana? Like, what what are your your short term and, and long term goals? I mean, do you ever see a a time where, hey, you're not going to be working sometimes a couple months, uh, you know, all day, where it's basically all travel or or all just living in another country? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I I also um, Steph and I we plan to have kids in the next few years, and I know that you know when when that happens, I'm going to definitely be taking um, a step back from work. Um, the hours that I work, you know, when I am doing my work, it's just it's not something I, I don't want to be working like that when I have kids. Like I want to give them my undivided attention and be there, and so. Um, you know, I kind of see it as, you know, I'm very young now and it's a great time for me to kind of work and create and um, don't have a lot of responsibilities. We, you know, we are very flexible. And so this has been just a great time to, to start a business and to scale and to grow. And um, the next 10 years, you know, I'm still going to continue to grow. It's, it's just the beginning, but it's just it's just going to be different. I don't know. It's hard to predict what it's going to be like and sometimes having plans, you know, sometimes it can be, 
they might not go exactly as planned. Let's put it that way. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I plan on just kind of, um, having a simpler business and I'd like to invest in other up and coming businesses. You know, I, I, at this point, I don't know if I want to start a business uh, like an Amazon business or an e-commerce business from scratch. It's a lot of work and I'm happy I did it. But, you know, now I've got the funds to invest in other businesses and I much rather find uh, entrepreneurs that, you know, you're, when you're an investor, I think you're, you're not just looking at the product or the business. You're actually looking at the people behind the business. Who are the entrepreneurs? And so I want to find some really cool people who I believe in. And that also have a great product and a great business model and invest in, in them and help kind of mentor and see their businesses grow. And I think that will be really fun to do. Um, so that's kind of what I plan on doing in the future, but also continue to like, you know, make my investments with my, my portfolio and get into real estate and other kind of investments. So becoming more of an investor is, is the way I see things for kind of the next 20 years. That's that's great. Now, uh, Tatiana, I appreciate your time, you know, coming on here. You know, you've been a, a inspiration to so many people. I mean, you don't know how many people I, I've interviewed on the podcast and just other places. And, and when we go back to everybody's origin story, a lot of them were like, oh, well, I was originally inspired by Tatiana and I saw <laughs> one nice. of her videos. So so you, you've made an impact in a lot of people's lives, both you and Stefan, and it's very commendable. And Thank you so much for coming on here. Now, if people want to 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 see more of your story and to to find out, uh, you know, fo follow you on your journey through e-commerce, how, how can they find you on the the interwebs? Yeah, I mean, you can find me on YouTube, uh, Tatiana James on Instagram, Tatiana James twenty six. Um, I'm also on Facebook, and um, I mean, that's pretty much the only places that I'm active. Um, yeah, so you can check me out cool. there and I'm, I'm most active on YouTube. So if you want to leave comments, I usually respond to almost all the comments, um, for new videos. Excellent. All right. Well, Tatiana, thanks again for uh, checking in with us and, and maybe in 2021, hopefully it's going to be a better year than 2020, what it's been so far, but <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we can, we can see, uh, how may, maybe now you'll be a real estate tycoon by, uh, <laughs> by one year from now. We'll take a look. We'll see. Well, Bradley, thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.